0: This is the Real Digital Transformation podcast series, empowering technology and business professionals to succeed with digital transformation. Now, here's your host, best-selling author, Thomas Earl.
1: Hi, this is Thomas Earle, and welcome to another episode of the Real Digital Transformation podcast series. Today, I have with me Berend Usvoort, the lead robotics engineer at the Volksbank, as well as Kevin Den Auden, application engineer, also with DeVolks Bank. This is part one of a two-part interview with Baron and Kevin. So just to begin, what is your overall opinion of robotic process automation today, its maturity and the amount it still has to evolve and further mature, for it to become a truly mainstream IT technology? Baron, I'll begin with you.
0: Yeah, well, to, to answer that question, we first have to actually go one step back. and We have to explain maybe what is a robot and what are those things doing? Um, well, for, for us, uh, robots are actually uh, digital workers. Um, and uh, what do I mean with that? They actually do exactly the same as our current employees. Um, they have a, 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 a personnel number, uh, they have an email address, uh, they can mail, they can do stuff, they can log into systems, uh, and they have the, all the same credentials as all the other people in the uh, company. Um, and so what what do these uh, digital workers do? They um, uh, they log into a system, um, uh, they, they get data from a system, uh, by screen scraping or um, well, other means of, of um, uh, um, enhancing data um, uh, using SQL uh, SQL que- uh, queries uh, to to uh, SQL queries, I must say uh, to to get the data. Um, so all those kind of things together um, make the work of a robot, and um, it 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 does basically the same as your normal employee. Uh, the only difference is they work 24-7 um, and uh, um, they don't make mistakes in um, uh, getting data from one uh, application to the other. And that's where we mainly see uh, uh, a lot of um, work because uh, th- a lot of systems, we have, we have different kind of systems and, and uh, sometimes we have to just... They, don't, they go parallel next to each other. They don't uh, mm-hmm. share an interface um because it either is too difficult to make it or it's too uh too expensive or not for whatever reason and then you see that a robot can do those kind of stuff uh getting the data from one system and adding it into the, into the other system so we define um, we define an rpa
1: robot as a software program specifically designed to assume the role of a worker within an organization and specifically designed to um, assume roles that already exist in organizations that yes. humans have been previously carrying out. So those are yes. the parameters of the, the software program we define as a robot or an RPA bot. And, yep. and those are the programs that then take over interaction with existing legacy user interfaces.
0: Yeah, not only legacy, but also, uh, well, yeah, you see them um, more commonly in legacy uh, uh, interfacing or uh, uh, applications or, um, but we tend tend to use them on uh, basically web-based applications. So uh, everything you can you can run in, in your browser, uh, we can perfectly uh, robo- robotize. So we can perfectly make a robot on that kind of application. And I like yeah, that, robotize. I'm gonna use yeah. that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they they can they can basically do whatever uh, uh you uh as a human can do as well. Uh I- including uh, uh SharePoint, mailbox, uh, uh all kind of uh, uh fancy uh, fancy stuff. While we're
1: on the topic of defining what a robot does, the scope of its typical functionality, based on your experience with RPA projects so far, um are there sometimes things that robots cannot do that perhaps uh, stakeholders, clients expect them to do? You know, We understand the administrative interactions and the data entry, but are there, some, are there certain limitations that we also need to understand? Uh, yes,
0: but it depends on what kind of robot you're using. Um, for example, um, we have processes where, uh, where people send our, uh, us uh, stuff copies of uh, IDs, passports, uh, stuff like that. Um, If you want to uh, get data from those kind of uh, sources, um, a a typical robot, uh, which I just described, doesn't read uh, a PDF um, which is made by a picture. Uh, So photo, photo, uh, um, uh, uh, reading, then you need some other additions. It is possible, but it's much more difficult because you have the the uh, difficulty of scan quality of um, uh, how it's uh, how your document is made, um, if it's distorted, if it's tilted, if it's uh, um, you know a skew under uh, when you get the document. Um, so then, getting information from that uh, uh, source, we do not. Um, uh, how do you say? We do not uh, overlook because it's not a, a, a source we own. So we mm-hmm. get we get something which is maybe crappy, and um, yeah, then we have to deal with that. So uh, in those kind of situations, um, you could use robots, but it's much, much, much difficult, more difficult to to get the data you want. It's not uh, like a, 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 a word document and screening, scraping some text uh, in the middle of a document.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay. But we 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 will use additional software for that. So yeah. we have um recognition software uh for IDs or for copies that uh for mortgages or something. Um we, we can recognize those documents um with other software and implement it into a robot. Yeah.
1: So the the robot itself will interact with a separate program for supplementary processing and yeah. that program will then provide any additional input the robot may need to do its primary tasks.
0: Yeah, because any, any of the robots we have can also function as an API. So uh, all the robots are smart enough to just um, um, be able to talk to anything outside of their own comfort zone.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Hmm. Um, so let's move
1: on to our agenda here. I. I have as my next question here the primary challenges of adopting RPA right now. So many, many organizations are interested because there is very tangible, very concrete benefit to um, bringing RPA into your uh, business process automation, having robots perform tasks 24-7, perform tasks with greater accuracy than humans could, and so on. So the the benefits are very very clear, but in reality, bringing it in, especially with complex business process logic, um, and then just inserting robots into that, uh, what type of issues, limitations, obstacles have you seen to doing so?
0: Um, the. the, the Common mistake you see is that people try to robotize uh, one-on-one the processes that they have without looking first for improvement in your process. Um, if you have a process which works for humans, it does not say it is a valid process that a robot uh, um, is it, it, the best way to to approach for a robot. Mm-hmm. Um so you have to think um for example, we have uh multiple brands uh, which all act on one platform in the in in the back end um if there is for a different brand, if there is a different type of flow in your uh, uh application for a mortgage um you first want to to deal to get the flow of your your input all the same for all for all the brands um, because then you have the the, the, the biggest gain uh, otherwise you're your um, you're stacking add-ons uh, on top of each other which is uh, uh, um, a a little bit of difference here a little bit of difference there a little bit of change here. and then you get very complex robots and and things go go south very fast um, so you have to be be aware of of what your um, uh what, what what you're applying for your robots and um we started very small um and and I would actually always suggest to just start um in a, in a small matter just uh, uh, um projects which you can have a have a uh, a start and an end, um, and and are not really really the big things where you can make the the huge uh, improvements um, on on time wise. On you have to make uh, robotic improvements, but if you if you start with the small stuff, then you get a feel for how uh, how how the best to, imp- to implement them, and you make mm-hmm. all the mistakes everyone else makes uh, by by um, uh, by by just a small project with the big stuff immediately. Um, you're you're tangled up in 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 so many um, uh, uh, relations and and, um, and 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 difficult inter intertanglements. So it, it's difficult to get a, to get that first time right.
2: And then not only that, we um, we didn't define any process uh, for web based devices. So we 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 just uh, started with uh, with RPA on our, uh, our virtual desktops like Mm -hmm. screen scraping. Uh, but immediately after one or two months, we decided that that's not the way to go. We need to do web automation to make it work.
1: And with web automation, you mean interacting with browser-based apps,
0: basically yeah exactly the the program we have the the software we have the supplier can also use uh for exactly for uh, for legacy uh uh applications you can log on to a device which is a or or a a server or a standalone computer or whatever um it's a desktop-based environment where you can go to and click uh but then you Mm -hmm. you tend to um uh, click by by location so you have a screen and you say well click on the right hand corner uh, to in the hope that there is a cross to close your program for example uh, with the, with the web-based stuff we know uh, due to the HTML which is the underlying component where we're navigating through we have an X path where the HTML component can you you're looking for your that's what you specify um, and where it is, on a on a screen um, that actually doesn't matter anymore so the the the, the device uh, automation uh, which Kevin said which we, which we tried in um, at, at, at the start because we had some stuff which had to go uh, yeah we had to, to to change we had to uh, apply a, a robot because of uh, end of life or um, you know all those kind of push uh, uh, things uh, and and that was uh, developed under pressure and uh, and quickly, and then we we soon found out that every little change in either hardware or device or whatever is is causing problems. So yeah. the bot needs
1: to be reconfigured with each change.
0: Yeah, almost. And with the with the web automation, with the web-based uh, uh, robots, you. Yeah, it, it, it really doesn't matter if, if the if the HTML it's still the HTML structure can can change because if you add uh, uh, for example if you have in uh, in your HTML attributes you have the um, uh, uh, you have a blue you have you've set hard coded it is a blue uh, button and we're looking for that uh, attribute if, if that is blue we're looking for a blue if you're going to get a a change of style and it's Mm -hmm. hard-coded in red we don't find that blue button anymore so um yeah it, it still can change it still can go wrong but the the if you if you do it wisely and if you you get you get a hang of that after a while uh how to make robots which are robust uh robust enough to withstand those kind of changes and sometimes you get it wrong and uh, you, uh, <laughs> and your, your robot stops working uh, halfway, but um, uh, yeah, well, in, 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 it's a learning process and, and that's, that's something you quite quickly pick up uh, on how to make robust uh, uh, robots that keep on functioning, either um, if the changes from outside, because also those changes we don't control. That's right. If it's something we control you know, ourselves, it's, the it's not a problem. Base.
1: You don't control the browser-based user interfaces. No, most of the time so you're, it, you're at the mercy the, of those that do control it with regards yeah. to how the
0: bots need to adapt. Yeah. And if it's in our company, still it's not made by us. It's it's already a challenge. But if it's an outside, if it's a third party which makes the application, um, then you never know what's gonna gonna happen. So, um, and and that's why uh, we we really like APIs. If it's possible, we try to use those, but uh, especially with some kind of applications, it's not available. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then we use the, the, the web-based uh, version.
1: The web-based apps that your bots need to um, interact with, are those mostly provided by vendors or suppliers or outside services that, that you pay for as an organization? And And if so, um, is it have organizations begun to recognize this difficulty with keeping up with style changes and user interface improvements? And is is a term such as RPA friendly becoming at all common, whereby a supplier mates might say, "Work with our uh, online admin system" or whatnot, and. Are, we have user interfaces that we lock for certain periods of time. They are, are RPA-friendly, etc. Does that enter the conversation at all, or is that still premature? Uh,
0: it, it's not something which is, uh, which is uh, um, in the process when you buy a third-party product, unfortunately, because um, we usually get into view when something they want from a third party is not possible. Hmm. and then we usually try a proof of concept to see what we can. Um, but to give you an example, what um, where we, uh, where we're very happy with in HTML is IDs. The attribute ID is a unique identifier for each part of your structure of your HTML. Um, for older uh, um, applications, you see that it's not commonly used. Um, And then you you have a lot of um, uh, tags, uh, HTML tags, which look alike or are exactly the same. Um, And that makes our life very difficult. Uh, We can still do stuff, but it makes it very difficult. With the newer uh, applications, you see that they have um, um, uh, the, the, the style guides, which are enforced by either Chromium framework or um, uh, by Mozilla, or whichever uh, standard they're using, and they're m- they're more friendly for us in general. Okay. Um, but then the problem, uh, well, problem, um, the newer uh, uh, web automations or web uh, web-based uh, uh, applications um, tend to do something which is uh, injected uh, HTML or injected scripting. Um, so you you run a site a site which is um, uh, it looks like it's done loading something and you click something and then the, the not the whole page changes but just a little bit of code is inserted into the page mm,
1: mm. Um,
0: which makes sometimes if that's not done uh, um, correctly our life more difficult <laughs> <laughs> so the answer to your question is uh, yes it it makes newer newer uh applications make it easier and yes there there are um uh um ways that we we will be happy to to have a new uh application uh, because it, it the standards are better uh but it's not something which is is taken into, cons- into consideration when when we buy the product it we're not that far yet there's not uh, someone who says uh, at uh, at 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 the uh, are are buying uh, um part of the of the volksbank says yeah uh, we have to also look uh, if it's possible for uh for our robots to uh, uh to, to use this application
2: for our uh, own build uh, applications yeah. right we mm-hmm. we need to adjust them uh to make robotics possible for your old internal based
1: Web user interfaces? Yep. Yeah, yep. correct. Yep. So that introduces a whole new aspect to, I guess, governance, configuration, management, so that internal changes are not inadvertently um, uh, made whereby they then disrupt or interrupt RPA interactivity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because and it might you be you a need to
2: inform, You need to inform more stakeholders uh, mm-hmm. internally. That's a whole new go-
1: uh, governance responsibility. That's right. It's really interesting, the the different dimensions that this can impact an organization. I was going to ask earlier, so we've talked about some of the implementation challenges just now, but what about your opinion of the state of the technology itself in the industry? Yeah, There's the promise of RPA. There are the benefits that are... Um, discussed, and um, just, you know, in, in general, the concept is sound, it's, it's tangible, but what is the reality of the current maturity of the technology? Uh, it, have you had enough opportunity to evaluate or look at different RPA platforms to basically know that it's at a certain level, and is it sufficient? or does it still need to evolve and, and mature? What, what is your sense so far?
0: Um, well, yes, it, there is still uh, improvement to be made. Um, uh, there are a few big players which each have their own advantage. Um, yeah, well, I said from our platform uh, point of view, uh, those uh, uh, legacy uh, applications, have uh, we have a problem with that. There are other uh, suppliers which which jumped into that uh, hole and uh, uh, and made something which is more suitable for that kind of uh, <coughs> uh, uh, applications. Um, but all in all, um, I think it's 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 solid, uh, workable. Um, environment to to make your uh your your uh company run on cuz it's it's not uh it's not buggy it's not that we every day have to fix something which magically uh doesn't work anymore um there there is only one thing um which we talked about before Kevin and I and um that's the 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 scalability is uh is for now uh but Kevin correct me if, if i'm wrong not really up to uh uh what what the the potential could be
2: no that's that's correct you need to make architecture uh, choices at at the beginning and in the very first beginning we made an architecture choice about uh, we use device automation for example on devices one process uh, we we are now at um we we want to run uh, multiple robots, um but we are restricted by licensing models. So what what you really want is pay-per-use and uh, uh more scalability on your platform that uh teams uh that are be- like Bearend can uh, can add more robo servers uh to run more robots simultaneously.
1: Um in terms of scalability, uh, beyond any licensing limitations, but just in terms of the stability of the platform to support multiple um, robots carrying out activity concurrently, um, perhaps another question I have coming up is about orchestration of the robots. How, mm-hmm. um, Assuming licensing wasn't an issue, how mm-hmm. scalable are we at right now how how much concurrent automation um, can occur both concurrency in terms of uh, perhaps instances of robots being invoked um, and and different robots carrying out different tasks alongside each other, perhaps interacting with each other. you mentioned we're not yet at our potential where where would you rate us right now just roughly you know if the potential is, is is a 10 are we at a six are we at a seven for no, for if, our
2: if, organization or for rpa on this i whole? guess just in whole, as a whole
1: based on what you've seen in the industry so far
0: if if licensing is not is not an issue i i well you can run um for what i've seen also in other programs you can run as as much as you want uh, parallel uh, if your if your server can handle it, and um, but then then it becomes a a matter of of how is your hardware and or your environment uh, put together, because uh, because mm-hmm. it's, it's not really uh, with the newer technology like Docker and stuff, you can you can you can clone servers quite quickly, uh, but we don't have that in that that infra, so I think a, a lot of uh, um, Companies don't have they have the infra to to scale and there there is I don't see any problem in, in, in running uh, robots uh, parallel uh, sequentially uh, talking to each other we all do that also mm-hmm. we have uh, it, it, our biggest process runs um, uh, I think now like twenty five to thirty robots uh, uh, sequentially uh, and they all wait after each other. So, if the one is done, they, they say, hey, tick, tag, you're it. Uh, the next one. Um, we, we also have processes where we have like four to, to uh no, I think four to five is the max at the moment, where they do parallel mm-hmm. uh, stuff together. The only thing you have to worry about is if, they, if it's allowed with multiple users or with the same user uh, um, uh, on, a, on, on a user level, if you can log in multiple times in the same application because mm. there's more than most of the time, your problem. Um, yeah, so that's correct. It, it, yeah. it, it, it's, we, we solve that problem by just adding on uh, robots and robots and robots. So if, we, if we're if we running four robots in parallel, all, actually, we're running four employees in parallel, um, but there is no restriction on, on how much could go uh, in parallel if, if the license doesn't stop you. Okay, and your your hardware can support it.
2: I think with cloud computing, like AWS or Microsoft Azure, I think the the possibilities are uh, well, the sky is the limit uh, if you pay for it. So, uh, <laughs> and and if if your license model is 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 just right, because all our vendors and suppliers, they all use uh, license models that are uh, well, back in the days, like uh, you can run. Eleven simultaneously uh, robots, or you can uh, run uh, 100 robots in a month. So, so we need to adjust that uh, that license model, and after that, we need to adjust our platform. So, if we you we we currently use a, a Windows environment, but we need to go to Kubernetes or uh, cloud computing, uh, and and then the possibilities are uh, are more than uh, than we could imagine. Hmm. How much have you had the
1: opportunity to work with RPA in a cloud environment? Or is is your implementation currently already in, in a cloud environment?
2: No, it's it's uh, currently at uh, the Windows uh, environment. It's uh, our own hybrid cloud, I think. Uh, we, we should mention it. But um, we we are using and, and we are testing with Kubernetes. So that's a containerized uh, technology. Uh where uh, teams are uh, um, responsible for their own environment. So uh, if we have the the, the, the right scalability, the, the right license model, they can use whatever they want. If they want one robot server who can run 10 robots or they want 10 robot servers who can run 100 robots, uh, as Berend mentioned, uh, the only limitation could be the the applications that you, you are using. If you can log on uh, more than once or... Uh, uh, is the is the backend still uh, providing you uh, yeah. um, the maximum load?
0: Yeah, mm. yeah, because that's what we're seeing now. Sometimes eh? if we're if we're if it's if it's busy and we're really working fast with robots, we just tear down the, the application. We bring it down. It's it's like a DDoS uh, with our robots, and <laughs> we just uh, we're going at it. And we're we're it's it's so fast uh, that sometimes uh, uh, yeah, it, the 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 backend cannot uh, provide the answers in time, and then. Uh, uh, all go south. <laughs> well,
2: we 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 have we have some wait steps like five seconds, ten seconds, <laughs> sometimes five minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we mm. we we try not to use uh, time uh, values as uh, as uh, synchronizing mechanisms. But uh, yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, sometimes we have to use them.
1: <laughs> so that was part one of our two part interview with Kevin and Berend. Please join me for part two, in which we will get further into technical issues, including orchestration, RPA bot design techniques, as well as advice and lessons learned, shared by both Berend and Kevin.
0: Thank you for listening. Follow Thomas on LinkedIn.